Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, a horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast to make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm live your host, Ray. And I'm your other host, Chris. And we are venturing into strange lands indeed in the 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 delightful town known as Hellerton, Colorado, or through due to horrific and and pearl clutching events, Helltown, Colorado. This movie was hell. Hated it. Yeah, I it, yeah, we're just gonna bury the lead. Uh this is a really bad movie, and all of you dreadfuls know out there, I have a very low bar for entertainment. If Chris says it's bad, you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, like, it's 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 hard to process because this movie's bad. And it's not the so bad it's good. It's just bad, bad. And and I feel, I legitimate feel that um, John Piplow or Piplow um, and D. Snyder, I, I I think they, I think they really really worked on it. Like they really like. I think this, it felt like a passion project. It's, it was more of a passion project for D. Snyder than it was for anybody else. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, D. Snyder, um, he played the main villain, uh, Captain Howdy. He wrote the film and produced it, and I think he, I think he composed some of the some of the music as well. Um, well, some of the music is, is Twisted Sister music, I'm pretty sure. But also, like, there are very few things I genuinely liked about this movie. One of them was, <laughs> spoilers, um, someone was holding up a sign when Carlton Hendricks was being released from prison that said, we're not going to take it. And I was like, ha ha, that's fucking funny. I get it, because, you know, it's a Twisted Sister lyric. Ha 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 ha, you suck. Well, yeah, so much of this film was a... Twisted sister, uh, twisted sister self-insert. Um, you know the the, the contextual basis. Um, you know some lyrics, some of their songs, and you know it, it's it was very. I, I I had to say it was even more. This was stupider than Blair Witch Two. It lacked more subtlety and nuance than even. Uh, the Wicker Man in <laughs> the cage. It was pretty bad. Yeah. It was bad. The best part about this movie was the soundtrack was 90s gold and the poster. Yeah, I agree. Like, the the, the soundtrack... Th- this movie is, it really dates itself. Well, I guess before we should... Before we sh- rip it the shreds, we should give the synopses. I'll give it to you right off of IMDb. It's perfect. A detective pursues a sadist specializing in body modification rituals who lures teenagers through the internet. Yeah. That's it. This came out This came out in 1998 at like the peak of the fear of internet chat rooms and be careful who you talk to online, which is very much still relevant today. Like any single female will tell you that if they're doing online dating, they're going to be telling a bunch of their girlfriends where they're going, just in case. I've I've been on the other side of that. I've been told, hey, by the way, this is where I'm going on a date, just in case. 
Yeah, accountability, buddy system, always use the buddy. Right, right. Like, so that hasn't changed, but this movie very much dates itself in that respect. It, it, it kind of felt like D. Snyder took the things that people were uncomfortable with in the 90s and decided to make a movie about it and try to make it deep and positive and while yeah he manages to paint the body modification community in a positive light there is enough there is no depth to this movie all of those long ranting monologues that captain howdy goes on he took almost verbatim from somebody else yeah i would argue the opposite uh i think d snyder his intentions were to spin it as a positive light all through like a schlocky sort of filter but you know it was a way to i guess to the la the average layperson to show what body mod is as well as um its roots from the larger modern primitive subculture so like right you're totally right like literally every like literally all of the dialogue um of captain howdy was pulled from direct Quotations or paraphrasings or teachings from Fakir Musafar, who's hailed as like the the godfather of the the modern primitive movement. Um, and I, you know, so he was spewing the philosophy and the the mantras and the 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 ethos of it, but I just found it, I I, I found it like just. Oh my god! This is—you're just literally pulling a drill to my head, and it just—it—it—it it, it didn't explain or express or even interpret the the mantras or the the I guess the culture, the norms, or the social the social f fabric where that community is cut from in any interesting way. They just put it—they just put it on the screen. And they try to spin it in the way to make it sound cool and edgy and like somewhat interesting, but it just it just fell so flat. And I um, I was um, apparently this got a lot of negative hate and criticism from the actual body mod community. It was trying to represent. Yeah, can't imagine why. I mean, like, okay, so part of the reason why slasher films and the icons that we have today are called icons for a reason. Part of the reason why we have them is that there was something about their backstory or who they are or their movies and how they were presented is what makes them iconic. And there's nothing iconic about Captain Howdy. For starters, your name is taken from the movie The Exorcist. Yeah. I get it. There's always something about like an homage, but... It's extremely thinly veiled. They don't even really try. Right. From the get-go, when I saw Linda Cardellini sitting inside of a chat room that she called Teen Chat, I was like, oh, okay, I get this. I've seen this story before because I was a teenager of the 90s. I also saw Fear.com from 2000. Like, I understand that this is feeding off of, like, warning teens against online chat rooms and stuff like that. Like, okay, it's unoriginal. Yeah, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the synthetic panic for the early 90s. Exactly. And this, this is part of the problem of this movie. There is nothing original or iconic about Captain Howdy. Um, and 
I don't find him terrifying. I find him just sort of boring and very blasé. I didn't think the movie was too entertaining. I thought the most entertaining part about it was Robert England. It was nice to see him, like, not as Freddy, even if he was, like, your quintessential redneck drunk. Yeah, I, I felt like... Oh, okay, yeah, for this movie... This movie's only, this like, This fell 80... all sorts of flat. Yeah, this movie was only, like, 82 minutes long, but I was so incredibly bored. Like, I was, like... I was watching it, and I, I was looking at the timers. Oh, only five minutes passed? It feels like 20. And and then, you know, Robert, um, Rob, Robert he, England is a, you know, he's he's Freddy. He's a horror legend. And and I felt like this movie was just so below him. And I didn't really get his character arc or what his character arc was supposed to add. Like... So, for some context, um, uh, like Rob was saying, you had um, Linda Cardellini, which I, I love her as an actress. I really love Linda as an actress, and you know, this her she her role her character was really one dimensional, like really like zero character death. Like she's basically just like a. She's basically just a plot device. There's like no personality to her, and it's a shame because I love Linda. Um, so Linda plays Genevieve, um, the daughter of the Gages. Haha, <laughs> uh, I see what they did there. Um, um, daughter of a cop um, named uh, Detective Mike and Tony, like a loving doting mom, and. Um, they introduced the movie through a super ham-fisted, sort of like PSA type of explanation of the dangers of um, of chat rooms and meeting strangers online. Um, and then, so Genevieve goes disappears, and it's a string of disappearances where uh, Captain Howdy is this mysterious predator who abducts people and no, he's not he he's not real at least outright he's not like a serial killer i mean he's still he's still like like a sociopath but he's less of a serial killer and more of a self self proclaimed like cult leader or cult of personality um, except like the cult he's trying to build are all like unwilling members and he's he's like kidnapping people and he's torturing them quote unquote um, he doesn't see it as torture he sees it as in you know showing these he's enlightening them. yeah enlightening them like oh yes I will use all these methods of of modern primitivism like like piercing and scarification and uh, all this other stuff and yes it's like this it's, it's, it's this very hamfisted way of saying yes pain is temporary but like with through the pain of, of this experience you're I will grant you spiritual enlightenment we will we will explore the spiritual space together through this um, and then he gets caught um, later and then it becomes and then and like this, this is like the second act it just completely derails the pacing like he gets caught um and uh, like I, I when i was watching this film i was expecting sort of 
a silence of the lambs kind of a trajectory, like just the Belfull of Bill kind of aspects where the entire movie is about the pursuit of this deranged sociopath. But then in the middle of the movie, he gets caught and he gets rehabilitated, quote unquote. I thought that was weird too. I was like, what do you mean you caught him already? What the, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, it's the movie was like it was like there was like 50 minutes left um you know when he gets caught like oh, i don't understand what's going on okay and then it goes through this weird it just completely ruins like the pacing and the rhythm um and it's just it's like this protracted second act where captain howdy gets quote unquote like rehabilitated he's not he was let go because he's was deemed criminally insane and he's let back into the world. He's trying to reintegrate. Do you remember how long they said it was from the time he was committed till the time he was left out in the movie? Four years. It was four years. Yeah. So uh, he 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 was he was in jail for for a year. And then he was let off due to criminal insanity. Then for three the three the next three years was his rehabilitation. I didn't I didn't get that I didn't get that at all because in the back of my brain. The way I kept watching it, I guess somewhere in that I missed that four years had gone by because no one got older, no one progressed as like a human, and it felt like it was like three days later, if that. I mean, four years is not really that long of a time, you know, when you think about it. Also very that, but there was no, for me, there was no real indication of a passage of time. Like, clearly it was so blasé. I missed it. I had to ask you. So, like, that, yeah. like... It was just not done well. And it also creates, like, a really pl- problematic representation about, like, mental in- illness. Uh, I mean, basically, basically a lynch mob got together. I mean, clear. I mean, clearly, I mean, yes, he's a sociopath, but he's clearly mentally Im- unbalanced. He, you know, you know, you you see him take a bunch of medication, and you see his symptoms like dramatically reverse. Um, so, I mean, it is implied that he does suffer from mental illness. And then in the span of one night of not taking his pills, he magically, like, snaps out of it. That's not the way it works. Yeah, and also, and also, it, 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 you see Robert Unglund, like, be, uh, being, playing this backwards, redneck type of person. Um, and he, he leads a conservative lynch mob and kills, well, attempts to kill. Uh, Captain Howdy, and like, you're not really supposed to sympathize with him, but like, just the, just the fact that you know, that's still a mental illness, or the and the perception and the the way society still treat treats the mentally ill, um, you know, it's still a really big problem, and like, you just had to add lynching on top of that, and it, it, then it tries to romanticize the 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 lynching as the way where Captain Howdy actually achieves that near death experience slash enlightenment that he was trying to pursue the entire time. It's like, oh, okay, and then 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 all that character development is immediately undone, and he's 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 back to his original incarnation, and but worse now he's now he's out for revenge and it's just it's very sloppy it's super sloppy and what makes it worse is that d snyder says that he never saw himself as an actor he wanted to become a horror icon with captain howdy well you failed i'm sorry there's a reason why you're not at horror conventions 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong out there, but there's a reason why he's not at horror conventions, like touting Captain Howdy. Um, he also said it was super important that he play Captain Howdy himself. Okay. Um, he wants to write. Okay. Fine. I just don't think that... The, again, I think my biggest problem with this is that it just lacked originality. Like, if you had... If you had an original backstory but kept Captain Howdy, it would be fine. If you kept the story but called him something else, it could be a different impact. But just everything that you threw, everything that you threw together, it just felt like you took everything that was so quintessentially 90s and that people like were into or had a problem with and turned it into a movie. Whether it was heavy metal, uh, body piercings, tattoos, like all of these the internet chat rooms like all of these things that were now starting to like come back up in the 90s i mean granted heavy metal and tattoos and all that stuff was around but i remember growing up seeing very heavily tattooed people and i remember growing up hearing comments from the older generation about how disgusting it is and how these people must have mental issues or they're deranged or they're this or they're that so that was still very much like there it's weird like i don't understand if the movie's trying to be a, a satire of that baby boomer mentality see i don't know if it's trying to, i think he was trying to be serious i think he was trying to make a very like serious like deep commentary on this one particular era first of all there this movie only belongs in the 90s like you can't pull this into a different era it doesn't work Dial-up, internet, pagers. There's a reason why Fear.com was the last movie about, like, in, like internet chat room phobia. <laughs> right before, like, Y2, like, right after Y2K. Again, it, they try to, it try, it, it they, they do it without, they do it without any grace. Any finesse. Like, for example, like, one of the things that really bothered me was how comically anti, or how comically technologically illiterate the, the the detective the dad was in the 90s you know police departments were using like computer criminal databases that was, <laughs> it was so bad at how yeah it was really bad i can't say enough worse things about this movie also evidently while this movie was being made they were slated for a sequel yeah it never happened <laughs> thank fuck but in 2017, D. Snyder took to his Facebook page and went so far as to say, now is the time for A Strange Land 2. No. And it has a title, but I think it's officially been killed. Yeah, as of, as of last year, everything's been scrapped. But apparently, apparently had a comic book prequel uh, published through Fangoria Comics. That I'm sure was shite. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to piss people off. Like, I get why a lot of people would flock to this movie. I don't. I didn't, I mean, the box office doesn't show that. Like, Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, at face value. Like, I remember going through the horror section of Blockbuster, and I saw this cover. The cover, the poster, it's very captivating. That alone will get you to rent the movie. False advertising. Yeah, you're not going to get I, your money back. <laughs> right, false advertising, hardcore. But are you going to get your money back? No. And D. Snyder said his most memorable moment of making this entire movie. This was his... Are you ready for this? This is 
I I was just jaw open. I was shocked. So at, for someone who who poured what seems to be his heart and soul into this movie because he really wanted Captain Howdy to be a, a huge horror icon. He said that his most memorable moment of this movie was at the beginning when Detective Michael comes in and, and frees everyone and he finds his daughter and the whole night. And Captain Howdy is laying on the ground and he's trying to get his daughter out before he like pop, I guess like either the rest of the cops come in or he pops back up and smacks him in the head, whatever happens. I can't even remember. Yeah, like he, he gets cuffed and then he starts taunting and then the, the, the detective like stuffs a sock in his mouth. Right. Evidently, before all of that, while he's laying on the ground, D. Snyder erupted into laughter and they had a call cut. And the director was like, why are you laughing? And he said, just because I remember sitting in my basement writing the screenplay and now it's all here and it's real and it was the only reaction that like came out of him. But it's so badly written. And then on top of that, to further all of that, he said that when they did the full run through, apparently Linda Cardellini's like said through her, you know, boarded up mouth, your balls are showing because of the way he fell in his loincloth. That was his most memorable moment of his passion project. That's pretty sad. I'm sorry, you're proud that Linda Cardellini saw your balls and that your most momentous moment was you cracking up? I mean, I guess, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I mean, thank goodness Linda Cardellini had a, a career a long, long after this. Like, she's... She's one of my favorite actresses, and she's been on a lot of great stuff. She was Velma in Scooby-Doo. I couldn't think of anybody else for Velma, just saying. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Like, for me, like, um, I will always associate Linda with um, uh, her role in Freaks and Geeks. That show is so yes. good. So, so underrated. Um, but yeah, she's Velma. I mean, she's also in the Avengers movie. Yeah, she's Hawkeye's uh, wife. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, she's, she's awesome. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very glad that her career was long and fruitful way after this. Cause I, I, this seems like a very, very, well, not actually not, well, she's a lot younger in Freaks and Geeks. Um, so I guess, I mean, this is still relatively early in her film career. Right. It's just, you know, I feel bad for people who enjoyed this movie because I I just, I don't see what was enjoyable about it. I really don't. I was sitting there and I was like, the big thing about Strangeland is that people say that this movie was Saw before Saw. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, Saw, Saw 1 came out 2001, I think, or 2002, like early, early, like really early aughts. Um, but I mean, there's been like, exploitation films and torture films and psychological films you know long before that there were legit snuff films in the world before strange land you can call a snuff film saw before saw or hostile before hostile or any literally any eli roth movie like any to like torture whatever i don't know I, I i literally never heard of strange land until you brought it up uh on the on the slate and i went to this really blind i mean i i saw the cover and I was like, and I saw Linda Cardellini's name. I was like, oh, I love her. She's a great actress. And the poster looked pretty cool. And yeah, 
Yeah. See, I was looking through, like, a bunch of articles, and it was, like, ten of the most twisted horror movies you've never seen. Now, there are most of them on the list I actually had seen, so I was like, hmm. But there were a couple on there I haven't, so they're all on the docket. Two of them we've now gone through. One of them was in my skin, the other one was this. So, okay. One of them was fine. I trusted that. I had a harder time watching In My Skin than watching this. Oh yeah, well, I mean, In My Skin was just unsettling, um, and we, we talked about it at, at length, but if if you want to talk about art as a way to, like, uh, elicit a cathartic response, you know, In My Skin does that in spades, um, and whether, whether, whether you like the direction it took or not, that's another thing, but, you know... The biggest sins of this of Strangeland, it's boring, it's really poorly written, and it's really badly executed. It commits all atrocities. I just, it was unwatchable for me. To me, I was just cringing so much, like the dialogue, just, just how, just, just how badly they were trying to... They were just trying too hard to be deep and, 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 it, and like monumental. <laughs> this movie is trying to be so much of an edgelord between like the dangers of like the satanic panic of the 90s. Oh, you got to be watch out for chat rooms and 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 like talking to strangers. Like, oh yeah, like let's go to this club full of full of uh like counterculture young kids and and they just took it they just took it a little bit too far and like the weird campy I can't take this seriously angle. The counterculture club, like the idea of it was probably the most realistic thing in this movie. The only thing about that scene that was unrealistic was the fact that there would be someone like covered in glow paint outwardly, like flogging someone in front of a crowd. That wouldn't happen. It would happen in kind of a back room where Captain Howdy was with all these other people. That's where shit like that would happen. I'm not saying it wouldn't, obviously. I'm sure it's a thing. But, yeah, there were clubs that were exactly like that for an alternative culture group that felt at home and like a place where they could belong. Lots of, like, I mean, the music, again, I'll say it again. Greatest, one of the greatest compliments I can give this movie, the soundtrack was amazing. I was totally jamming to whatever they were playing in that club. <laughs> that was it. To me, the soundtrack just felt like, oh my god, <laughs> cringe. Uh, the soundtrack chose the most 90s, grungiest, like, it, it's it's almost as if, I mean, I think, I know some of the music was, um, um, actually, no, I, I, no, actually, most of it was, uh, I, I, I guess, well, I cannot talk. They, they tried to, they tried really hard to, like, really sell the theme, so, like, uh, or, like, the, the aesthetic. So, like, a lot of the music, like, really fit, like, into that. It, it, this movie was a time capsule. It really was. And it can stay there. Yes. Please don't bury it up. Ever. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing good to say about this. It was just, it was bad. It was really yeah, bad. I'm sorry if y'all enjoyed it. This, this might be the shortest episode ever. <laughs> Am I happy I finally watched it to see what the Megillah was? Sure. I can say that I've seen it. Uh, for me... I, I really wish you could have done without it. <laughs> you really wish you hadn't. <laughs> I yeah. I I mean I I I wish I had that hour and a half back. Yes. I, I 
Honestly, like the, I, I can't. I, I, I'm trying to think if there were any other movies we watched that I hated as much as this movie. I think you even liked the Poughkeepsie tapes compared to this. Yeah, I would say Poughkeepsie tapes. I mean, that made that got under my skin, but um, you know, I think that that would generate that gener- that conversation generated more interesting dialogue. Thanks killing is better. This Uncle Sam is better than this. Yeah, they thinks killing, thanks killing, because like thanks killing definitely doesn't take itself seriously, um, and this movie tries really hard, and it, this this movie this movie's sincere in the way where like it you could tell it's like a passion project, but it just it's just really bad, <laughs> um, and it tries to like shove and try to present like you know, all these images and all these phrasing, or all the phrases, all the mantras, all the, like, the Bible, the Bible of modern primitivism, you know? And it's just like, I, this, this is so boring to me, and then worse than that, it's just, it's just making me cringe every minute I'm watching this, so. Stay in the 90s, don't resurrect this, don't make a sequel, now is not the time, there will never be a time for Captain Howdy to come back. We don't need this. Sorry. You know what my takeaway of this is I still love Linda Cardellini even after this and I'm glad she has a great career and you know what we should do she we should watch we if, if anything we we're, we just you know we just pretend this movie never happened and then we'll just be like oh but Linda she's a great actress we should watch The Curse of La Llorona from 2019 because she plays a character in that movie and so we should watch it because Linda's there and I'm, it's, I'm sure it's a much better much 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 better better movie there's actually two, there's The Curse of La Llorona that came out in 2019, but then there's another version of that movie that's out on Shudder, and I would really love to watch both of those and pit them up against each other. Like, I truly have nothing good to say about this movie, and I'm really sorry to people who like thoroughly enjoyed this, because I just didn't, it was not my cup of tea. Yeah, apparently it wasn't other people's cup of tea, because it got uh, 6% on Rotten Tomatoes, if that's a metric you believe in. And it definitely lost money. Uh, it lost it, it, its budget was like 1.1 million, and then in the box office, I think it was like 700k. Yeah, I got I got nothing. We're done. No, we're done. Yeah, well, right. I'm done. I'm done with this episode. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. I can we end it? <laughs> On that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left 4 Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook. And you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And the moral of the story is don't, don't watch, watch this, this movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch, um, you know, stuff that has an actually interesting take on the dark side of technology, you know, save yourself an hour and a half and turn on Black Mirror or 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 you know what if, if I mean this is not technically a horror thing but um, you know what was great that was a fun schlocky really really fun and like gonzo spin on internet culture you know turn on its head Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe I watched that movie pretty recently i love that film it, you know you know we, it's not a horror movie but we we, we should talk we should still talk about it because that movie is so good it's not a horror movie it's just gory as hell
It's gory as hell. It was good. Go watch that instead. Go watch Upgrade instead of this. That's like a sci-fi horror movie. Yeah. Uh, there's such, there's just so little to talk about with 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 Strange Land. <laughs> <laughs> this is the outro. <laughs> Stay home. Watch Black Mirror. Watch Guns Akimbo. So so much better. And don't forget, <laughs> stay dreadful! <laughs> <laughs>